What's going on, boys and girls? This is BBD with BBD TV, the biggest Tennessee Volunteers fan on YouTube. And you're watching the two Irish brothers. Shout out to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Go Vols! What is up, everybody? I'm Irish Benjamin 57. And I am Indy Sean 45. And together, we are the two Irish brothers. So welcome to the show. If you like this content, please, please smash that like button down below and subscribe and hit the bell icon. We will be much appreciative of that. So let's get right into it. On Indy's ticket website, office, however you want to say it, they have announced that Notre Dame students, faculty, and parents of the football players will be in the stands for the opening game against Duke University. So that is pretty insane news. Yeah, I'm just hearing about this myself, and I didn't really hear anything about ordinary fans being let in, but I would anticipate that not being the case this season. Yeah, and and I think that's understandable and in the grand scheme of things you know it should be students faculty and then I guess parents um, because it's the college experience and they're the ones that are the most invested if you will um, with the program so I mean I have no issue with that you know me being the common fan it, it stinks that I can't go to the game but common sense says it makes sense Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said, the parents are the ones that are, uh, unless their kid got a full scholarship or something like that, they're the ones that are putting the money down. Uh, so, yeah, you definitely have the parents and probably, I would guess, maybe what, siblings come in too? Do they allow that? Was that? I don't know how that would be. They haven't said anything of that, but I don't know. I mean, that would be interesting, but I don't know. I, I, I would say maybe probably not because they're trying to probably limit um, – the people and I know and I know like hearing from people that have played in past years and stuff, you know, they only get X amount of tickets per family and all that. So I, I would assume that COVID would kind of decrease the amount of tickets that you would get for your family. Yeah, that makes sense. But regardless, you have the parents come in for sure, because like we, we established already, they're the ones making the investment unless their kid got a, a full ride. Where they pay nothing, um, yeah. but of course, of course, staff you let in because they're the ones that are taking care of everything and making all the stuff happen. And right. of course, you know you're the student body. You got to have them come in because they're the ones that, uh, well, hence the term student body. They're the ones that are they're there to support their classmates and their friends. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I have I have no issue with this. Um, you know, um, going back to the whole, like, who gets in, who doesn't get in. I mean, you know, I wonder if they're going to do it where it's like it's a sign up. You have X amount of time to sign up as a student, you know, and then once you've signed up, that's your week, you know, and then you don't get to come again the rest of the season. So it's like rotates, you know. So, I mean, you know, granted, Notre Dame is a small – is a small population wise, you know, um, 8,000 students grand total. So that's tiny. The stadium of course holds 89,000 people, you know, 
So, I mean, you have the room for every student to be in there, but what's your capacity? And then if you're letting in also faculty and parents, what's your capacity? So, you know, we've heard rumors of, you know, certain pro teams saying, oh, we're going to have this amount in our stadiums this year. We're going to have this amount and all that. So this is kind of the next step in that COVID, that COVID process with, you know, what are we going to allow in? How much are we going to allow in? And what's going to be the protocol? Yeah. And, and it's, and also speaking of, uh, you know, students and whatnot, I think Lisa on our last episode, when we had Lisa Kelly and George Bashir on, I think Lisa was telling us because you see her daughter goes to the university of Arkansas. And I think she was telling us that the kids, all the, all the students that go there and granted they're a bigger population than us, uh, student, student body wise. Yeah. It's a big, yeah. They enter a lottery themselves. And from what I, if, if I heard, if I remember what she said correctly, they don't even know for sure what game they're going to get. Cause I think it's only one, one game per student. Right. Right, yeah. So, yeah, and that's kind of what I was saying. I, I mean, and it makes sense because you want everybody that wants to get into the game, get into the game. I mean, is every single student at Notre Dame going to want to go watch a football game? No. You know, I mean, that's how it was when I was in school. We had a huge stadium. We had, you know, a very well-to-do program, even though we had jumped up a division um, into the actual FBS uh, realm. But, I mean, there were still people that I knew that didn't go to the games. So I get that not everyone's going to go to the games, but I think capacity-wise, it'll be max capacity when when they announce however many people get to go in. If it's 25,000 people get to be in the stadium and they have to be socially distanced, there'll be 25,000 people in that stadium. It will not be a non-sellout. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not hard to... Uh social distance in a, you know, an 80,000 plus seat, uh, seat stadium with, uh, you know, with a 25% capacity, you can social distance with that. And I don't even know if that's the actual percentage. I mean, maybe it's 10% capacity. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, so, but like you said, it's an, you know, 89,000 people in stadium size wise i mean you can totally do that that's totally manageable yeah so and these are just rough estimates that we're going with here right right so yeah i mean it's exciting it's cool because you know we were wondering will there actually be fans in the stands you know how will that affect the game now duke comes to town and we kind of give them a hostile environment if you will you know and none of their fans will be in that stadium so it'll be just us so just green, just blue, just gold, you know, in that stadium. So, and that's how it should be. You know, we talked about this last episode. We talked about how you need to come out and support your team. Maybe, maybe this is what shows that this is how it really should be. Not sitting down because the usher told you, not selling your ticket to a rival fan, none of that. Full support, 100%, and that's what we're going to have now. And we're going to have a home field advantage because we actually got people cheering and rooting against the team in the stadium. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 definitely going to look different when, when we see it on TV. And we kind of got an indication of that last night when we saw Austin PA take on Central Arkansas because their fans were, were pretty scattered. And right. we'll get to that game itself in just a second, but, but – yeah, the fans there were pretty scattered. There really was no rubbing shoulders like it usually is. Right. And but 
but even, even if it's not going to look like what we're used to seeing, and in addition to that, fans can't even go up to South Bend just to tailgate. There's been plenty of times where I've done just that, just to tailgate. But, right. but the fact is this. Despite how different things might look this year, because, well, these are different circumstances that we're not used to, um, football's back. Oh, yeah. We're, it's, it's pretty much official that they're going to play. The Irish are going to play. Um, we got started with it last night in, in the FCS level. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm really starting to feel pretty good about things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there is, there is starting to become a return to normalcy, if you will. Um, and this is the next step. Um, of course, there's going to be hiccups. You know, um, I just got a couple emails for my job. You know, we brought people back and, and they said, you know, oh, we had a COVID case or, oh, we had a couple more COVID cases or, oh, you know. So, I mean, yeah, there's going to be hiccups. I get that. And we're, and we're going into flu season, you know, um, the fall months, bring the flu. That's how it goes, you know, and then on into the winter. So, I mean, it's going to be something. Um, but the good thing is, and not to sound horrible, we're not the only place that's dealing with this. You know, everybody else is dealing with the exact same thing that we're dealing with. You know, COVID-wise, flu-wise, what do you do if something happens? How are you going to have fans in the stadium? Everybody's dealing with that same problem. It's not just a Notre Dame problem. No, absolutely not. So, football's back, you know, and and if you want to, like, slowly ease into it, there you go. We've eased into it. You know, we got the beginning of football season. There's an FCS schools playing. Now it's time for the big boys, which is Notre Dame and Alabama and whoever else. And, you know, this is going to sound silly, Ben, but I kind of got an indication that football season is back this morning because I got up at about, I don't know, quarter after five this morning to go to the gym, get a workout in. And when I walked outside, it was pretty cold. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's, it's nice here in Illinois. You know, I, I don't know how it is where everybody else is watching from and listening from, but yeah, it's it's starting to really turn into fall. My wife said that I, we stepped out um, outside for a few minutes, and it's beautiful out right now. And it's definitely football weather. You know, the, yes. the crisp fall air and all that. So yeah, it's exciting. It's and, and that brings that more sense of normalcy back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know it. You know, you know it's fall when it's freaking cold outside. <laughs> it's only getting colder too. Yes. Oh yes. So, I mean, we're not in a warm state. I mean, summertime, yeah, it gets pretty hot here, but once it gets to winter time, we get winter. It's not like the southern states where you kind of you know have a winter or you don't have one at all. We get one. So, so yeah, that'll be exciting. And um, let's uh, let's move on to the. The actual other thing that we're going to talk about. Well, can I say one thing real, real quick? Yes, go ahead. You're going to think I'm nuts for saying this, and so is a lot of a lot of everybody else out there who's watching right now. But I have to have some cold in my life. I could never live in a place like California or Florida where it's warm 24/7. It you're just among, you're among friends. I mean, I I I like the cold um, much more than the heat. To be very honest with you, there's only there's only one place on earth that I have been where I actually like the heat. And that is Arizona, the only place, you know? So, um, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. I couldn't handle all year round heat. What makes, what makes Arizona different? If you don't mind me asking, I think it's the dry heat because like 
when we went and came back, so when we when we left, we flew out of Phoenix, and it was like 105, 107, something like that when we left. When we got back into Illinois, it was 86, 87, something like that, and the humidity made us feel worse than what the 107 was. You know, so it's just like you can't get away from it. It's like you're swimming in the air. You know, you can't get dry. You know, so that dry heat, it's dangerous because you don't feel it like you do the humidity. The humidity tells you it's nasty out, it's hot, and you need to get out. The dry heat doesn't tell you that. The dry heat's very deceiving. So I think that, that that's why I prefer it over everything else. But I was just curious because my, brother, my brother's been to Arizona, and he said he loved it out there. Yeah. For that same yeah, reason. That dry heat that just, it, it doesn't feel like you can't get dry. You know, like when you're in that humidity and it's just sticky and gross and, you know, all that. So, you know, it's, it's crazy, but, but yeah, I, I, I think football should be played in the snow. I mean, there is nothing like one or two games a year being played in snow. Oh, Absolutely. So I, I was just curious about that, but yeah, like, like let's time time to move on, like you said. So take us into it, Ben. So you know, switching gears a little bit and moving on into actual football. You know, last night we had actual football on. We had um, uh, Austin P play um, Central Arkansas, and it was an FCS matchup. Um, two teams out of the twenty-six uh, programs in the FCS level that are actually playing this season. Um, so that's pretty awesome. And that game started off with a bang, man. I cannot believe that they did a little, um, pitch, you know, kind of almost like a triple option. They did a pitch and Austin Pease running back, took it right to the house. What a way to start college football. First play of the game touchdown. I mean, it was insane and it would have been even more insane if there had actually been people in the stands, but Alas, there wasn't many people, but it was still pretty nuts. It was still pretty crazy and awesome to see that, and there was that sense of normalcy, if you will. Yes, and I, I didn't get a, I didn't really watch a ton of that game, but it starts off with that kind of bang, but then it goes pretty, uh, pretty defensive. Kind of, yeah, pretty defensive and kind of a stalemate there for the rest of that first half. But then the start of, excuse me, the start of the second half, you know, and, and for some reason I keep wanting to, wanting to call him Austin PA. But it's really, it really is like you said, Austin P, as in like pea soup. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, that that then within within the first minute of the second half, um, Central Arkansas, I think it was a long touchdown pass they they counter with. Then it becomes you know a 13-10 game, and even then for the rest of the game after that, it was kind of a defensive battle. Um, yeah. Because Austin P, um, they get back into it, score a touchdown. And then the, the final score of the game is uh, Central Arkansas 24, Austin P 17. Yeah. So Yeah, it was an incredible game. Um, and both teams coming into it were champions, if you will, of their conference that they were coming from. So, I mean, these were this was two very, very evenly matched teams in this first game. And, I mean, what a way to start college football off. I mean, a, a seven-point game, a touchdown game, I mean, that's awesome. It wasn't a blowout on either side. It was – um, back and forth and defensive and the highs and the lows and all that. So, I mean, it was an incredible opening 
opening weekend game, and now we got to look forward to uh, Navy. Navy and uh, Brigham Young, I think it is. Yeah. Uh... So that's awesome. And you know what? I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm rooting for Navy. I want to see them uh, beat up on Brigham Young and, uh, you know, showing the midshipmen that is normally a uh, rival that we see every year some love. Well, the thing is with Navy, you know, yeah, we, we beat up on them for, thir- like, what was it, like 38 straight years? Oh, yeah. Something like, something like that or 40-some-odd years. Uh, yeah. 30. I think it was 39. Well, let's see. Well, let's see. I think it was uh, 63, I think it was, was the last time they beat us. So 10, 20, 30, 40. I think it was like 43 years. Yeah. It was something incredible and insane, but then they beat us. And then, you know, I mean, that was a crazy game. I don't like talking about it. You know, that was a game that we should have won. But I won't take anything away from Navy. They did what they had to do. And at the end of the day, it, all, it counts as a victory or a loss. And it doesn't matter how you did it. It matters what the ending is. And the ending was a victory for Navy. Um, and that kind of rekindled the rivalry a little bit. Because now, you know, I wouldn't say we blow them out every time. But there have been times where they give us a scare, you know. And, and, and you know, I, I think it's hard for the Naval Academy to recruit like everybody else, because not only the academic standard, the physical standard, but just the fact that you're going into a military academy. I mean, you know, the guys that are there want to be there. That's what it well, is. If, you, so, if you've ever seen the schedule of one of those guys, a da- yeah. like the daily schedule and the classes and when they start, right. it is brutal. And that's for a cadet. That's not even for a student-athlete at Navy. I mean, that's not for a a cadet that not only is the, the student and military personnel there, but an athlete on top of everything else. So their schedule is even more insane, you know? So yeah, I have the utmost respect for those guys, you know, and gals that are in the program too, that play basketball and, you know, all those other sports. Um, but yeah, I have the utmost respect and I can't wait for the Navy game. Um, I love as much as I hate playing against it. Right. But I love um, the the offenses that Navy brings to the table. I know they've kind of shifted a little bit, but you know they always pull that out of the bag of tricks with that triple option and stuff. And it's a pain in the butt to defend, but it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, so well the thing is they they are. Um, how, let's see, how long have they been in the American now? Uh, a few years. It hasn't been long. It's I'd say yeah. not even a decade yet. No, no, they haven't been in the conference long, but. Even before they joined the American Athletic Conference, they were really starting to kind of dig themselves out of the out of the hole and actually, you know, get back into the top twenty-five rankings and yeah. have some impressive seasons. Now they haven't all been impressive, of course, but right. but especially since they joined the the American Athletic, they for the most part have been contenders in that conference every year. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's oh, been a, there's been a couple times where they haven't won the conference. But they've, they've at least, close. yeah, they've got they've yeah. gotten to the championship game, right? Yeah, and it's like what I said. I, I mean, for Navy in particular, and Army and Air Force, you know, when you're a military academy, it's hard to have a good. Oh. Um. Go, go back to that, Ben. You a said certain it's, weight. You said you said it's hard to have what, and then you froze up a little bit. It's hard to have a good line on offense and defense when you're in a military academy. Because, okay. I mean, 
those guys are supposed to be, you know, X amount of weight class. You know, my, uh, my one coworker, his daughter just uh, declared for the Navy. She took her oath and all that. Um, so she'll be going into the Naval, not Naval Academy, but she'll be going off to boot camp once school's over. She's in her senior year. And, you know, they said, like, here's the weight we want you to be at. <laughs> and they say, like, if you're at this weight, you know, um, and you do X, Y, and Z, then you could have a promotion. And if you're at this weight, you know, and all that. So, like, the ideal weight classes and stuff is way different for, like, the military than it is for, you know, there are guys that go to, like, LSU and Alabama and Clemson that, that put on weight to become bigger and stronger, you know. Yeah. In the military, they want you to be stronger, but they don't really want you to be bigger. So it's hard to compete against other teams when they outweigh you, you know. I mean, especially, like, people that follow high school football, for example. Okay, every few years your high school gets a bunch of really, really good players, you know, and, and they're real big boys, and, and you start dominating people because their, other, their boys can't match up size-wise, you know. But when you're in college level, everybody matches up size-wise, you know. And if you don't, you're in a boatload of trouble. So, Oh, very no, much so. We're talking about the Navy, but, you know. Well, I mean, we, we have some time in this video anyway, so why not give them a few extra minutes, you know. <laughs> but but that's yeah. the thing. That's, that's why I think – you know, in that triple option offense that they run, since they can't have the really big, heavy offensive linemen, that's why you see them going for the legs a lot of the time. Right. Because, we, cause we, see, when I was in high school, we, we ran a, an offense that's kind of similar to theirs. It's called the wing T offense. So you got, you know, three running backs, a quarterback and whatnot. And we had some big guys on our line, don't get me wrong, but a lot of it was quickness and, you know, making that, that down block and this and that. It was all about timing rather than trying to overpower a guy. Right. Right. And, and, and you, you go after what, what is your strength. Okay. And if you can't out muscle somebody, you use whatever they have against them. So, I mean, for big linemen, you take out their knees and down they go. So, I mean, it makes sense. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that's what makes sense, you know? So that's how it goes. Yeah. And great. And for the record, you know, my my high school team. I mean, we didn't we didn't go for their legs or anything like that. But it was all about quickness and beat you know being there to open up the holes real, you know, right. Just with with the way that we ran, right, right, yeah. And, and so yeah, but I and I understand that with the Naval Academy and, and even Army and, and Air Force and all that. But um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting to see them play Brigham Young. Um, it'll be a nice opening. Um. FBS game, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see what Brigham Young does. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to it. I, I don't care what any, what anybody else thinks. Football's football, man. I, yeah, I, you know, yeah. and I'll take my fill of it because, you know, you and I, especially here in our state, we got no high school football this year, you know, um, well, not till the spring. Right. But I mean, like right now, yeah, we yeah. Don't have, you know, so I mean, you know, so uh, Give me the football. You know, it, it was awesome to have the XFL when we didn't have football. And then that went, you know, by the wayside because of COVID. And now we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for college to start back up. And some high schools, some states with high school has started up. Um, but not all of them because they've moved their seasons. So it's nice to have football back. And yes. I will watch anybody at this point in time, unless they get in the way of the Notre Dame game, which this one doesn't. 
Yeah. So we watch it, you know. But the, so the big boys. But, but the big boys start next week, I believe. Yes. I think I think there's some there. FBS do, does start up next week. I, I I could be wrong though. Yes. Well, I mean, and I'm talking weekend, not the money, not the Labor Day game between Navy and BYU. I'm talking about like next next right, Saturday. Right. Yeah, we'll have. We'll have some other FBS schools. But, yeah, I'm like, well, dude, give me the freaking Labor Day game. Let's go. You know, I want football. Um, and, and it's cool to see other teams, too. You know, I love Notre Dame, and I, I they're clearly my favorite school um, and the one that I give the most of fandom-wise to. But at the end of the day, I'm a college football fan. I love college football. I love when bowl season comes around. I don't get to see everybody because of where, where I'm at. You know, so it's cool to see those other teams, even if they're smaller. It's cool to see them. So I will never turn down watching a college football game. Doesn't matter who's playing. And you know what? I tune into Michigan's games. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see what they're up to. You know, it's not like I don't watch the rival teams of ours. You know, I'll watch Southern Cal play Washington if I can. You know, I'll watch Michigan play Illinois or Northwestern or whoever because then. When they come to play us, I know what I'm talking about, and I and I know what they're about, and I know who to watch out for, and and I can give an actual honest opinion on them as opposed to just pulling it out of my butt. Yeah, you're, so, you're, being, you're being a scout at that point, right? So, and it's cool to see different offenses. It's cool to see these guys because you know what, a lot of these guys that are big namers are going to get drafted, and they could be drafted on my team. So then I'm like, there's the guy that's going to be on my team, you know? So right, right. And then once you get into pros, you're rooting for a team that has guys from Michigan and Southern Cal and Ohio State and Notre Dame and, you know, you name it. So, so yeah, it's exciting and fun. And also, since you mentioned small schools and whatnot, it uh, it just triggered something in my mind to talk about real, real quick here. But the three independent teams that are playing this year, Brigham Young, um, Liberty, and, uh, and Army, we were talking about this on camera, but I got to say – I wasn't sure what was going to happen with them because, you know, when you're an independent, and especially in this scenario, and a lot of, you know, with four conferences postponing their seasons, it takes a lot off your schedule. Well, I found out that uh, all these three teams, they have actually gotten full schedules now. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, uh, now, now, Brigham Young, I think – they're at they're at eight games right now, which isn't bad because there's a few. I think there's a few other teams that are playing eight as well. Well, right. no, maybe not. I don't know. But if if that's what they're left with is eight games, then that's a nice rebound from well, Nothing. well, they I think they had two that they were able to keep. But to build build that your schedule back up from from two to eight, that's pretty impressive. Even though a lot some of these teams aren't exactly. You know, they don't give the wow factor like your original schedule did. But, but it's something. Yeah, it's something to be able to play a season. And I, I from what I, and from what I understand, they're in talks with a couple more teams to get maybe a 10-game schedule. Yeah. But we'll see. But all I know is Army, they have a full schedule. That includes Air Force, by the way. So I think the Mountain West is going to make an exception and let them play in the uh, Commander-in-Chief trophy thing. Yeah, yeah and, which, which is right. I mean, you know, you got those guys – and, you know, they're, they're making the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, they're going into the military. You know, their career is going to be real short. The cool thing is, the nice thing is, um, not to bring a ton of politics into it, but Trump did pass um, in his 
presidency, he passed a bill that allows any um, academy athlete, if they are drafted, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, you name it, if they are drafted by any of those leagues, they can skip the military part of it and actually go and play professional sports, which is nice because, you know, a lot of them, they have promising careers mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. like they could go and be drafted by whoever and then they have to serve their country. Um, and I'm not saying like that's getting out of things, but it's cool. It's well, how often would you, how often would you get that opportunity? Right. Well, and you look know? at like, you know, there have been some big name athletes that were looking like they were going to get drafted, then did their military thing and then came back and were big name. Out- I mean, look at Patrick Ewing, you know, Yep. He was in the service academy, did his time, came in, went to the NBA, and look what he did, you know. So Patrick Ewing went to Georgetown, didn't he? Um, yeah, did he? he? Yeah, he did go to Georgetown. Huh. Maybe I'm get, who am I thinking of then? Hmm. Uh, I was going to say Tim Duncan, but he went to uh, Wake Forest. Hmm. I'm blanking on it now. Wasn't that's a D- David Robinson? No, it wasn't. Oh well, it doesn't matter for now. That's not that's not the topic of the video. Ewing played in Georgetown. Yep, 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 yep. Huh. I, I remember somebody somebody played. See, because I was I was thinking David Robinson because his nickname was the Admiral. Yeah, so, I don't know. Me and now I'm blanking on that. Way to go, Ben. But it's um, all right. It's all right. That's not the topic. Right. So, yeah. So it's cool that they allowed Air Force to play. And I'm glad they get you because that's an important game. And it's a bragging rights game, too. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many how many people I know that have like a family member that's in the Navy and then a family member that's in the Army, you know, and then they go, you know, the Navy's this, this and this, you know, and then they go, well, you know, the Army's this, this and that, you know. So it's it's cool to have that bragging rights thing especially for service academies oh of course because i mean at the end of the day they're all fighting for the for the same team and that is team usa you know so i mean they they help each other out on the battlefield and i get that and they all have their specialties but on the football field they get to be like we get to put our our specialties aside and we get to go to go to war you know against each other yeah yeah it's pretty awesome yeah, it's like, yeah, we're Army, we're better than you, Navy, we're better than you, Air Force, or vice versa, whatever. Anybody could, any, either one of them could say that. But, um, yeah. but yeah, with with Army's schedule in particular, yes, it does it does include three FCS opponents. But the thing is, though, with this year, and normally I would, normally I, I can't stand that when teams play all these these cream puffs. But this season, as unique as it's been, and as a pain in the ass as it's been what choice do you have, you know? So right. I, I'll, anyone who plays an FCS opponent, I let them slide this year. Right. And, you know, the FBS schools have more money than the FCS schools. I mean, for the most part. You know, there's only a few that I can think of off the top of my head, you know, FCS-wise, that bring in more than enough. So especially during COVID this year, you know, there have been a lot of places that have been hurting really bad, you know, mm-hmm. um, athletics-wise. So – to have an FBS school actually play an FCS school, this is the year to do that the most because you're helping not only the football team, but you're helping everybody else. I mean, it's 
it's something insane. Like football teams bring in like 90% of the revenue for most places. Oh, yes. I mean, so you're not helping, you know, that team get noticed by NFL scouts. You're helping more the tennis players, the volleyball players, the basketball players of that school that, that don't have an opportunity if that, unless that happens. Right. I mean, that makes sense. That's, that's what's most important is helping as many people as you can. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, on that note, I think we've uh, covered everything we had that we had planned for this episode. Um, yep. So I just, one thing I wanted to let everybody know is um, we uh, had something else planned in mind, but due to some technical difficulties, uh, we had to push that back. But yep. I want you, I want you, Ben and I want you guys all to know that we have uh, a few special episodes coming for you guys in the next couple weeks. Yep. Um, some uh, some really nice surprises that I think you guys will really like to like to see once we can get the uh, the technical difficulties worked out. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Other, otherwise, we would have brought it to you tonight. But still, though, we thought we thought this was a good episode to take care of your guys' cravings for the week. And again, again, as Ben said at the start of the episode, people, um, when you come come by uh, to see one of our videos, make sure you hit that subscribe tab because the number of, su- of subscribers on our channel, those are the numbers that count the big time for us. So yep. make sure you do that. Make sure you spread the word to other people who you think might like the content that we uh, that we produce. I mean, you guys can find us not only on here on YouTube, but on Twitter, and we're now also on Anchor as well. So we will have all of those links in the description box below to where you can find us. So we got a small show here, but let's try to make it a little bit bigger. Yep. Yeah. And um, actually adding on to what Sean said, the most exciting news I can give everybody other than our two special guests that we're going to be having with us. um, And their names will be revealed when we actually put the episode out. We are officially on Apple iTunes podcast now. So make sure that you follow us there. You can you can listen to our audio-only version of our show there. It's the Two Irish Brothers Show on Apple, the Two Irish Brothers Show on Spotify, the Two Irish Brothers Show on Anchor. And without, without further ado, please, 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 like Sean said, hit that subscribe button, smash that like button. Take us away, Sean. All right. Well, we've said everything that we've had, we had to say for this episode, an episode that's shorter than usual, but... Not much to talk about just yet, but give it another week. So, yep. um, and speaking of which, when it, when the when our games start, Ben and I will try to figure out a, a set schedule to do the po- the pregame and post games, and we'll keep you updated on that once we think of something. So, on that note, everyone, I am Indy Sean forty five. I'm Irish Benjamin fifty seven. And on that note, we say, everyone have a great day. God bless and go Irish. Go Irish. <laughs>